Okay, welcome back. This is Kenny Williamson, and uh, you're listening to McKill's Deck Chronicles. And tonight we have a special guest down from Dinosaur Adventureland, and his name's Damien. And he's wanting to talk to you a little bit about, he's done a little, few little things um, on the American cult, or it's the popular cult, is what you're calling it, I guess. And so you're there, aren't you, Damien? Yes, and I guess just I'll let you explain what you're talking about and uh, go from there. All right. Well, Kenny wanted me to come on the podcast here to talk about this series I've been doing at Dinosaur Adventureland at Dr. Hoven Official on YouTube. And we actually have a website now. You can visit thepopularcult.com if you find this information to be interesting. Well, basically, I'm taking what I considered to be the popular cult. It's, it's pretty much pop culture. That's really what it's called, popular cult sure, right? So what's popular in the world, these types of things? We look at celebrities and the leaders of the world, and a lot of people, they have a massive influence. Well, where does this influence come from? Is it all natural? Are they get, getting into these positions of influence and power by just the skills that they have, or is there something extra that is putting them into these positions? So one of the parts in this series is I detail joining the cult and these people literally talking about how they have made a deal with Satan directly or that they are under some type of spiritual or demonic influence. So I have quite the list here where we start out with Melissa Savannah Ford. And she's on a video talking about how if you get into Hollywood, you're going to have to make sacrifices. You are going to have to pretty much give up your morals, is what she said. I can't remember exactly. I think she's a famous model or actress from Canada. You can look her up, Melissa Savannah Ford. And then Bob Dylan. Most people know who Bob Dylan is, famous singer. He's in an interview on 60 Minutes, and he's talking to the interviewer. And the interviewer asks him a question. He says... Why do you keep doing it? Why are you still out there doing tours and whatnot? And Bob Dylan says, well, I got to hold up my end of the bargain. And he asks him, uh, what bargain are you talking about? And he says, well, I made a bargain with, you know, the CEO, the, the, the top commander. He doesn't say Satan directly, but basically what he's saying is he made a deal with the devil and that his songs are magically written. He couldn't have written, written them naturally off of his own uh, skills. He says that they basically they're coming from the spirit world, the demonic. So you got Bob Dylan saying that he's making a deal and that his songs are magically written. And then next up, we got John Lennon and he's talking to a group of people. It, it, it's a recording, so I can't see what's going on, but basically what he's saying is he's getting possessed by the spirit or the devil of rock and roll. And that's behind his influence. And then you got Jack Black and Kyle Glass. They are in a band called Tenacious D, and it's extremely satanic. Uh, they even have a movie that came out. I can't remember the name of the movie. I think it's Tenacious D something. And literally, the, Satan is in the movie. And I haven't seen it, but I've seen some of the still shots from the scenes where I guess they're doing a, a playoff with Satan, you know, where they, you play instruments and stuff. So they're also on not Letterman, John, uh, Jay Leno, late night talk show, and they joke about making a deal with Satan. 
So they're out there doing very satanic things, putting it out there in their movies, and then they're joking about making a deal with Satan. I have found, after studying this stuff, that they use comedy as a way to put the truth out there, but they mask it under a joke. Now, if you see it once or twice, you might just think, ah, they're just playing around, they're just making a joke. But we got so many famous people and influential people in the world that are making comments and jokes along the same line. So I don't believe it's a joke. I think that they are being very serious. They're just presenting the truth in a comedic way. And I believe that this rolls into some of the rules of spiritual warfare. I believe that Satan has to tell us what he's up to in the world as part of the rules, but he does it. He doesn't do it in a direct way. He does it using comedy and in veiled ways by using signs and symbolism, which are other videos that I've done in this series, like signs of a cult where they do all the hand signs. And then next up, we got Beyonce. She's in an interview talking about how she's got an alternative personality called Sasha Fierce. Okay. And so when she's performing, she becomes Sasha Fierce. She says that when people meet her, they expect to meet another person. Like the, the, when she's performing, they're expecting Sasha Fierce, but she says she's a lot more reserved in her, I guess, natural persona when she's not performing. So I believe what she's describing is demonic influence, if not straight up demonic possession. When these people are doing all their rituals and stuff, they are calling on the spiritual world to give them influence and also demonic possession. We read about that in the Bible. There's many instances throughout the Bible of people that are demonically possessed. And we're still seeing that in the modern day. We got Justin Bieber, and he... It doesn't directly say anything about being demonically possessed or anything, but in his music videos, he has just very, very demonic and devilish things that I detail in the video. You've got Ariana Grande. She sings about in her songs how she made a deal with the devil. Then you got Michael Jackson saying that he would sell in his songs, saying that he would sell himself for, for money, sell his soul. For money and a sell to the devil you got rihanna she's on an interview talking about how she's literally a devil worshiper she does it in a very joking manner and she's got a, a very satanic things going on in her music videos you got Nicki minaj another very famous singer she is on interviews talking about how she has multiple personalities and she's on radio talk shows literally uh, again i don't know if she's like joking around or whatnot but she's pretending like she's being possessed by a, an alternative personality that she calls uh, Roman. And she's on multiple interviews talking about how she has got this, all these personalities within her head. And this Roman character comes out when she's performing and she brings it up one, in one of her interviews. So th this I believe is also a reference to demonic possession. You got Katy Perry literally twice i think in interviews she says it at least once but i think two times she says that she has directly made a deal with satan she says that i sold my soul and you know that uh, she, she talked about in her early career how she was a christian singer she was trying to become the next amy grant and then she ended up selling her soul to the devil and then look at what she's doing today lots of very just ridiculously satanic performances literally a, a lot of them are for, right from egypt if you read in the Bible, it's constantly warning us to stay away from Egypt and all those things that are worshiping the gods of Egypt. You got Eminem in his songs and the lyrics. He's talking about how he regrets 
uh, getting into the rap business and that he made a deal with Devil and he regrets it. Kesha has song lyrics where she's talking about dancing with the devil, making deals with the devil. Tupac talks about selling his soul in his songs. You got Soup Dog. He has a song where in the lyrics, he's literally making a deal with Satan. You got Snooky. She's doing, I guess just, I don't know if she has a YouTube channel or not, but it's just her sitting in front of a camera just talking generally. And she said that she had a bad relationship when she was younger with some guy that she was dating. And then she said she sold her soul to the devil and went on Jersey Shore. You got Roseanne Barr talking with a late night talk host. I can't remember his name, but she says that in her book, because she's out there promoting her book, she said in her book, she made a deal with Satan when she was a child to gain fame and fortune. And then you got John Goodman. He said that he he was just on, I can't remember if it's a Leno or not, a late night talk show. And he said that he was going to get back. He was making a joke about getting back into satanic worship. And, that, and that's what gave him a career. He said, it worked out for me in the past. It gave me a career. So he says that worshiping Satan gave him a career. You got Marilyn Manson. He's an open Satanist, and he talks about it in interviews. But he doesn't – he mentions that he doesn't believe that Satan is a real thing. He just thinks it's a philosophy. I don't, I don't believe that's what he really thinks. I think that he just worships Satan. He's just not directly telling you that he believes Satan is real. He's just saying, oh, it's a philosophy for me, but I believe that he does it for real. Well, I mean, you can see him doing it. It's, it's not hard to find – things on Marilyn Manson being a Satanist. I mean, he's up on stage burning the Bible, doing lots of very satanic things. You got Trent, Trent Reznor. He's from the famous band Nine Inch Nails. And he's on a show where he says that they worship the devil and he dresses in drag a lot. Lots of very satanic imagery in the stuff that he puts out. And Nine Inch Nails, I'm not certain, but that could be a reference to the nails that they used on Jesus Christ when they nailed him to the cross. So mocking the crucifixion with the name of the band. You got Billy Corgan smashing pumpkins, I believe is the band that he is a part of. And he's on some show talking about how people make deals with the devil to get into the music business. And he's got a lot of very satanic imagery and pictures of him doing satanic things. You got black Sabbath. I mean, you got the Sabbath day, Talked about in the Bible, the holy day for Christians. And then, of course, what is this band doing with Ozzy Osbourne? And I forget the, the name of the guy, the other guy in the band that's actually talking during the interview, where he says that Ozzy Osbourne bought some satanic book, or he bought the book from, I can't remember if it was that Ozzy gave him this book, or he just bought it somewhere at a bookstore, and he said he started having demonic occurrences in his home when he was sleeping, and so he got rid of the book. I can't remember if he just got rid of it or he gave it to Ozzy. And then Ozzy said, yeah, you know, that stuff's going to happen when you've got uh, these types of books in your home. But Ozzy Osbourne, he's on stage biting the heads off of bats, doing very satanic things, uh, running around uh, dressed in drag in a tutu outfit, just uh, ridiculous things. And then, of course, you know, Black Sabbath. You got the satanic blackwashing, if you would, of the Sabbath with the name of the band. You got Jimmy Seville. He's a very famous, was a very famous English personality. He did, I can't remember if it was a radio or TV shows or both, but he was very famous over there in England. And when he died, it was revealed that he was, extreme, he was a satanic pedophile. And there's a couple of clips I have of him 
uh, joking about being possessed by the devil or uh, just having demonic influence and also making references to Satan. You got Roger Mornew. He's a Canadian guy who joined a satanic secret society. And he talks about some of the experience that uh, he had just talking with those guys. You got Kanye West, who's on stage uh, talking about how he sold his soul to the devil. Also doing very satanic things like the album that he came out with called Jesus, which is just uh, mocking Jesus Christ. Jay-Z is in multiple songs and lyrics talking about satanic things like the Illuminati. Uh, you got he's talking about how life starts when the church ends. So, you know, get get rid of the church, give up your religion. I got him pictured in lodges and meetings with uh, Freemasons and his wife, also Beyonce. You remember, we just talked about her. So they're married, if to anybody that doesn't know. And they always got a lot of very satanic imagery in their performances. You got Lana Del Rey, who is a singer who sings about selling her soul to the devil. Uh, Taylor Swift, who claims to be a Christian. I think that she claims that because she's from Tennessee. And you got some celebrities out there. They want to promote them as Christians because they don't want Christians to be re rejected by most of the stuff. So they're going to find Taylor Swift and they say, oh, well, she's a Christian, so I'll listen to her music. But she's got a lot of very satanic things going on in her music videos. DMX, he has got an album called Hell is Hot. Or um, I can't remember the full title of the al album, but it's it's um, has something to do with hell being hot. And he's... Uh, Got song lyrics talking about selling his soul to the devil. Dr. Dre, an associate of his, talks about how he would sell his soul for a million dollars. Then we got some satanic imagery going on with Dr. Dre. You got Minista, which is just an independent artist who never joined the popular cult, but he said he was offered. He was made an offer by people in the industry, and they pretty much told him that he can't talk about Jesus or uh, do any type of references to Christianity to uh, pretty much evangelize the people. He said that, that he would have to give all that up, but they were offering him millions of dollars for a few albums. And then also the, you pretty much get the same story from Tyrio, another independent artist that said he was offered money by the industry to, you know, give up talking about Jesus and pretty much uh, do satanic things. You got Paul Mooney, a comedian. He's talking about how the rappers, there's a lot of, uh, satanic people in the rap industry and he says watch the hand signs if you watch the signs of a cult we we detail a lot of the hand signs that these people use and that's what paul mooney is referencing and he's in hollywood so he's talking about there's a lot of satanic people in hollywood and they use the hand signs uh, as references to the devil you got dave Chappelle. he talks about how he was shooting a movie and they wanted him to wear a dress in the movie and he said he didn't want to wear the dress and it, they, they made a huge deal about him wearing this dress. In the first video in the series, The Popular Cult, we go over the cross-dressing that goes on in Hollywood. It seems that if you're going to be a famous actor, you, got, you have to wear a dress. And they make them all dress and drag. In the Bible, it says that is an abomination to God for a man to dress as a woman or for a woman to dress as a man. So in the cross-dressing section in that movie, we go over the men and the women. I didn't even cover all of them. There's so many. But quite a few that dressed in drag to do a either a performance or to be in a movie that they were shooting. And so Dave talked about this experience and 
he also gave up his show, the the Chappelle show back in the early 2000s when they offered him $50 million and he jumped ship and went to Africa. I think that he did that because he didn't want to get into the deeper parts of the cult where they were going to start making him do more rituals. Well, I, I also find this interesting because he's talking about how he didn't want to wear this dress in a particular movie that he was shooting with uh, Martin. I forget the guy's last name, but uh, a famous African-American actor named uh, Martin something. But in before he even shot that movie, he was in Robin Hood Men in Tights, which is a satire take on Robin Hood. And he's wearing a dress in that movie. So he's worn the dress before. And then you got Kevin Hart. He's a very famous comedian right now. And he is on an interview saying that he would never wear a dress because the interview asked him, the guy that was doing the interview asked him if he would ever wear a dress during a performance because he talks about all these other people that have wear the dress before him. And he said, no, I'm never going to wear a dress. You got to protect your brand and not do ridiculous things like wearing a dress. Well, almost a year later, I think almost nine or 11 months later, he was on Saturday Night Live wearing a dress. So it, it wasn't long after that interview before he was made to wear a dress. So there you go. You got Cat Williams, who's a famous comedian. Now, he talks about in some of his comedy, his stand-up routines, he makes jokes about being invited to these mansion parties. I detail the mansion parties in some of my videos where you got the Rothschild party. It's a famous party from 1972. If you just type in the Rothschild party 1972, you'll get some articles about it. But you got some very satanic things going on in this party. And they still do a lot of these parties today with these influential people that invite you to the mansion and you do a lot of weird stuff in the party. And, and Cat Williams talks about some of these things that went on at these in the parties. He said that this guy that he thought was heterosexual was at the party doing homosexual things. And he's had a lot of problems because he talked about the things that go on in these parties. If you ever just look into Cat Williams and the legal troubles that he has, they do a lot of uh, they just harass him pretty much. They'll get him arrested for various things. Uh, you could do a lot of research on just Cat Williams and just, just look into his legal problems that he has. And I think that's a result of him talking about what goes on at these parties, but never joining the club. These people, they'll invite you to these parties or whatever they're doing, and then they'll, they want you to have fun, kind of like a drug dealer. He'll give you some free drugs at first, get you hooked on it, but not everybody takes the offer. And I think that he rejected the offer, and now he has a lot of problems because of it. And he's also involved in movies and stuff that promote Satanism, so I don't know what the guy's doing. He claims to be a Christian. But next up, we got uh, Rudolph and Natasha Valentino. They were early movie stars from the 1900s, and... They were very famous. They did a lot of silent movies and they're in their biographies or whoever details the lives of these people has put together information talking about how they would call seances. They were literally doing satanic rituals to get the scripts written that they wa wanted to promote in their movies. And then you got Marilyn Monroe, who's recorded as uh, being involved with mystics and psychics that are doing satanic rituals and that she's being literally demonically possessed when there's a camera on there's uh, one of the guys talked about how when a camera was on her and the film was rolling she would turn into a completely different person and i believe that has a lot of either demonic possession or demonic influence going on there and then you got lucille ball in the i love lucy series 
she said that she was in touch with demonic spirits that told her now they, they don't call them demonic spirits. They just call them the, the spirits or whatever, but I, I know them to be demonic. The Bible says that they are devils. The doctrines of devils, I think is what's being promoted with all of these people. But she was told to stop doing movies and get into TV and to get in touch with, I get, I don't know if this show, there was an actress that died that she in a sense took on the role of that actress and continued with the I love Lucy series. So the, the uh, Hollywood Unmasked is the movie series by Good Fight Ministries. You can go to their, their website. I think it's goodfightministries.com and look up Hollywood Unmasked. And then I sold my soul for rock and roll. They have a 10 hour video of all of these music performers talking about how they made a deal with the devil. And then Hollywood Unmasked is another video series that they put out. They, they got two of them now just talking about all these famous actors and actresses making deals with the devil on video talking about it. And we got Denzel Washington. He says that he's been possessed by uh, the, the spirits or whatever when he's making performances, when he was doing, I forget the name of the movie when it was the civil war movie that he did. He said he could, or yeah, I think it was the civil war movie that he did where he said he couldn't have been doing that performance naturally. He said that, uh, he was possessed. And then also that he took on the, what's the right word? He, he, he took, he took on Malcolm X, the spirit of Malcolm X when he was doing the, the movie about Malcolm X. So you've got him talking about, he's being uh, spiritually influenced for his performances. You got Oprah who's talking about, she's being demonically possessed when she's doing her performances. She says that she's getting in touch with the spirit world doing uh it's pretty much satanic rituals. You got Robin Williams pretty basically saying the same thing that he calls forth the spirits for his performances. You got Sandra Bullock, who's in very satanic movies promoting witchcraft and talking about how people should try witchcraft and that it should be a common thing. You got Brad Pitt. He's talking about how he made a deal with Satan and that's working out great for him. You got Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, people saying that he's can, can be almost 30 people in one day. So I think that's another reference to demonic possession. You got Madonna very clearly doing satanic things from Egypt. She's very open about being into the Kabbalah, which is Jewish mysticism. It's just another form of Satanism. You got David Bowie. Uh, his ex-wife talks about how he was communicating with Satan in the house that they lived in. And he's got some very, very satanic things going on in his performances and also, I got Charles Darwin in there. His grandfather, Erasmus Darwin, was part of Freemasonry. Freemasonry is a satanic. It's not necessarily even a, a secret society because Freemasonry is open. You can go to the lodges. But what they do is secret. Uh, they don't reveal the higher levels and what they're up to, which is satanic worship. Well, Charles Darwin's grandfather, Erasmus Darwin, was part of Freemasonry. And he was the one that originally came up with the theory of evolution, which Charles Darwin took and ran with. And it's all based on Freemasonry. Uh, Erasmus Darwin was part of the Lunar Society, which is another sect of Satanism. They do seances and uh, on full moons, they're doing rituals. So it's openly declared. I mean, you can go that on the, I think it's the Boston Scottish Rite Freemasonry website. I got the the references listed in the video where you can check this out. They, they themselves put out the article about Erasmus Darwin. They're, they're proud of this stuff. So you can even read it from the source, you know? So 
that's basically the rundown of most of the people I covered there in the series joining the cult, which is part of the overall series, the popular cult. And we just uh, kind of going over all of the evidence and just, you know, making an overwhelming case for the influence in the world. When Jesus went through his temptation with Satan, Satan offered him the kingdoms of the world. I will give you the kingdoms of the world if you bow down and worship me. Well, Jesus responded and said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. If he cannot give, it's like if I, if somebody came up to you and said, I'll give you a million dollars if you do something for me. But if they don't have a million dollars to give you, it's not a temptation. But if they open up a briefcase and they got the million dollars right there and they can say, okay, I'll give this to you. You can have it. If you do this thing, okay, now you've got a temptation. All right. If it's within Satan's authority to give somebody those kingdoms, otherwise it would not be a temptation for him to offer that to Jesus Christ. Okay. So if Satan has that authority and he can give somebody a kingdom for worshiping him, I think we see the evidence for this all throughout the world with these famous people and the rulers. If you got rulers of kingdoms, what do they have to do to get that kingdom? Well, they can go to Satan and worship him, and he has the power and authority to give them riches, fame, power, authority in the world. And I think that we see that in all sects of society today with the popular cult. But that's the basic breakdown on joining the cult with all these people talking about how they made deals or they're being possessed or under spiritual influence, which comes from the devil the demonic spirits, the doctrines of devils. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. And I would say that a lot of our people we have today that are multimillionaires and they used to be some of the richest men in the world, I mean, they they might not come right out and say it, but like, you know, like Bill Gates, he hangs around with witches. A lot of those right. guys, are. I mean, they're, they're seen with witches. They go to all these spirit cooking parties. They're pretty right. They're pretty open about it. You know, it's they, not. They don't really even hide it. They they don't. Sh- they mask it under artists. You know, it's just artistic expression. But you can see they're all involved, right? If they're doing this stuff openly, you mentioned the spirit cooking dinners. We cover that in the series where they've got parties going on. Everybody's at the dinner party and they got naked bodies on the table. They got heads popping out from under the table. They're doing the very weird and satanic things. They got human cakes at the party. Marina Abramovic put on the party. She also doing it with another woman. I can't remember her. I don't know her name. I'd have to look it up. But she's in a red dress. And they both made cakes of human-sized cakes of each other. And so she takes a knife and takes the heart out of one of the cakes and holds the heart up to people at the party. It's a very satanic ritual that's going on. And they're eating themselves at the party. They're, they're representing cannibalism. So if they're doing this stuff publicly, well, what do you think they're doing privately? So it's very obvious what's going on when you have eyes to see. If you're coming from a biblical perspective and you understand the spiritual wickedness that's going on in the world, you can clearly see what's going on. Exactly. Yeah, you know, in a normal setting like like me or you, you know, at our house, if we did something like that, I mean, people would, most people would think that we were crazy. If we, especially if we showed up with a cake and, you know, started splitting it open and had organs in it. And I mean, most people would think that's crazy. I mean, even if you were an artist, let's just say you're an artist, you're a local artist, and then you put on like a block party and you did that at a block party. 
They, it, people would be like, yeah, this is so weird. This is, uh, and it, you would get a terrible reaction, even if you were an artist. So it, it just shows you, you know, what these people are really into. Yeah, that's, that's not really what I call art, but no. you know, I guess under the guise of art, you can, and with a laugh track being played in the background on a late night comedy show, you can pretty much say or do anything. You know, That's it's interesting, it if like. you ever look at, if you ever uh, see any shows, you can go on YouTube and type in no laugh track, whether it's late night comedy or whatever, It it's totally different without the laugh track. Totally oh, I different. bet. I bet. Yeah, some of these people, and, some and of the not stuff. not funny at all. Not <laughs> funny at all. Yeah, I can only imagine. I've seen some of the some of the people, what they've said on these late night comedy shows, and of course they have a laugh track. You know, and of course, it's fake laughing in the background. And, you know, you, your mind just kind of, I guess, thinks there's real people laughing. And, you know, maybe they've got a sign that comes on and has real people laugh. But, yeah, if you take away that laugh and the stuff they say, it's like, can you can you say that legally? I mean, you're, you're admitting to a crime. Some some of these things are admitting to, to criminal activity. Right, but they'll they'll write it off as a joke. Yeah, if anybody ever tries to take this stuff seriously, they'll just they'll just laugh at you and say, "Hey, man, they're on a late night talk show. It's all just comedy, you know. It's all just comedy to these people." But you would have to just think about it. Well, why would they find that these types of things funny? We also detail a lot of the pedophilia that goes on and the jokes that they make about pedophilia and the ridiculous cannibalism that they constantly joke about. It's ridiculous, you know. Your average person would not find any of this stuff funny. At all. Let alone joke about it. Let alone joke about it. I've, I've never had in my lifetime that I can, rem- excuse me, that I can remember a friend of mine make any of the jokes that are even close to what these people are joking about. Yeah, I'm going to say, I mean, being, you know, not even a Christian, just being out just a normal, you know, person in the world, a complete total heathen, don't, you know, I've seen people like that my whole life. They don't, you know, make jokes about, you know, killing babies and babies' blood and and just all the bizarre stuff these guys are talking about. It's just unbelievable. When I was a... I, I fell away for a little bit, and I had a group of friends, because I was raised Christian, fell away for a little, a little while, then I came back to it. Now I'm a very dedicated Christian. But when I was with this group of friends, they were very hedonistic. They were not Christian. They were, in, in fact, kind of proud of not being Christian. But they never made jokes like this they were not inclined to behavior like that if i were to start making jokes about cannibalism or pedophilia they wouldn't be accepting to it so i know that the overwhelming majority of people even those that are not christian would reject reject this type of stuff but when they see it coming from the popular people they either don't know about it i mean not everybody sees these dinners that go on or some of the rituals that they're doing but it's we're, we're being manipulated into thinking that this stuff is popular because we can segue into like Kesha. You know, some of these famous singers actually do portray this stuff on stage to millions of people. You got the the thousands of people that are watching live and then that are at the concert. And then you got the millions that watch the video of it. So it is being promoted to millions of people. But those, especially the younger generations, they're growing up thinking that this stuff is cool. And that this is what the cool people are doing, so it must be okay. And it's, it's really starting to twist us into a society where that stuff is going to become a lot more normalized. So even though most people would reject it outright right now, 
give it a, another 20 years, if it keeps going at the pace that it is, man, we're, we're in for some trouble. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's obviously Luciferian in nature. I mean, Very much. it's Luciferian, it's propaganda. That's the reason Hollywood, you know, I mean, Hollywood's behind it. They're probably all Luciferians. I mean, you look at where they have their little meetings, where they've got their the award ceremonies and stuff. You've got pictures and stuff hanging on the wall of pagan gods right out of the Bible. I mean, everything they do is pagan. They talk about Lucifer. Everything they do is Luciferian. They talk about the devil all the time. You know, I've heard several of them, like one of them on a talk show, you know, they say something and they're like, oh, thank Lucifer for that, you know. I mean, just like it's normal. But now you ask them about God, now they'll deny that. And it's like, you realize that that some of these names and these different gods you're coming up with are out of the same Bible, right? <laughs> it's like you yep. believe you believe in this God, but you don't believe in the God of the Bible. But the God of the Bible is not sitting around offering you millions of dollars either and saying, hey, you know, you're, you're going to be rich and famous. All you've got to do is worship me, though, you know, and I'll give you millions, but you've got, I mean, the God of the Bible is not interested in doing that. So, you know obviously it would have to be Satan doing it. You know, it's uh, it's like instant gratification. That's what the devil will offer you. God can can give you so much more. If you read about the patriarchs in the Bible, you got Abraham, you got Moses, you got uh, King Solomon, King David. These guys, they had wealth, they had power, they had influence. They, they were very blessed. Look at Job. He was probably one of the wealthiest guys of his time, if not the the richest. Okay, so people need to understand. I I hear there's a lot of criticism, especially the the story when the rich man ran up to Jesus and Jesus told him to sell all his possessions. And people twist that into thinking that a Christian is supposed to sell everything that they have and give to the poor. That is a very specific situation. The guy's literally running up to Jesus saying, hey, I'm perfect. You know, I've kept the law. I've done everything right my entire life. And then Jesus looked at him and knew what his issue was. His issue was money. He loved his possessions more than he loved Jesus. That's why the rich man walked away very sorrowful because he had great possessions. What does that mean? It means that he loved his possessions more than he loved Jesus, and he wasn't willing to give up his possessions to follow Christ. That doesn't mean that every Christian needs to give up their possessions to follow Christ. It just means that if you do the things outlined in the Bible and you love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and you live a godly life as outlined in the Bible, God will give you everything that you need in this life. Not everybody needs to have riches, but some people, if they're given uh, resources or whatever, they, they can do amazing things with it. Look at Dinosaur Adventureland out here. We got 140 acres. It takes a lot of resources to maintain 140 acres and to build and to glorify God. So these people, they don't. They want that fast money. They want all the worldly things, and they want it now. If you dedicate yourself to the godly life, you will provide everything that you ever need, and you'll be so much more fulfilled and satisfied because you're investing in what God wants for you and the eternal life that you're going to have in heaven and the rewards that you're going to have in heaven other than just going through that fast track. You know, I want the cars, the money and all everything that associated with fame and fortune, but it's fleeting. You know, that feeling goes away. Then you need more and more and more. And it never ends with these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That instant satisfaction. I mean, it, 
yeah, it doesn't last. It's not, nothing like what God can offer. Not even close. It's like eating ice cream all the time. You know, if you're eating ice cream every day, it, well, it stops being a treat. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't taste as good now when you're having it all the time. And it's also extremely unhealthy for you. But if you're having ice cream like once or twice a week, then you really look forward to it. All right, man, I'm, you know, having my treat. But you, you, if you're eating treats all the time, it's just it's terrible for you. Exactly. That's I've noticed that a lot of, of course, you know, it's well known, you know, people like that that have got all this money and power. And I mean, it's like that's what they want more of it. You know, if they're powerful, they want more power. You know, right. Kent talks about that. You know, if you've got a big fast car, what do you want? Well, you want a faster car than another faster car. It's like exactly. you just can never get enough of that instant gratification. It's always got to be that next thing. And I would say that probably explains a lot of these celebrities. How come it's one thing and then it's a little worse and then it's a little worse and pretty soon it's, you know, full nude online and it just it right. just keeps getting. And my guess is they're probably saying, hey, you know, you want some more money? Do you, do you want right. you want a little more fame? Well, you've got to do just a little more, right? And pretty soon you're you know wearing the dresses, you're doing the whole nine yards, and yeah, they're never happy. Why why aren't these people the picture of happiness? How come they're not married with a family and happy? They're always divorced. They're always going broke, spending all their money, doing ridiculous things. You you don't see too many examples of the just happy, awesome family from these celebrities. It's always a train wreck. Most of the time they're having nervous breakdowns. They got to go to the hospital. They're under uh, all sorts of drugs and just crazy. Yeah, Lots of drug addictions, lots of drug addictions. A lot of this is very comparable to drugs. Just like we're talking about, they need more and more and more. Okay. You get, you get a hit, you feel good, but, but now it takes more of that drug to give you the, the feeling of being high. Well, it's the same with money. It's the same with fame. It's the fame. It's the same with any of these worldly things. You will get some satisfaction from it, but the satisfaction goes away. And if you get the same level of what, what whatever it was, money or fame, well, it's, it's just not good enough anymore. You've had that satisfaction. Now you need it a little bit more and then you get a little bit more satisfaction, mm. but eventually it's just like, all right, now you're at the, you, you, you peaked it out. And you can't get it anymore, and it's just a cycle now. Exactly. I'm, and I'm, I'm thinking from what I've noticed on a lot of these celebrities and stuff. You know, they portray themselves. Of course, they're actors, and they're being portrayed by Hollywood, which is all fake and fake news and all propaganda. They really look like they're really happy and enjoying themselves. I think most of them, though, they're probably under a very strict control. I mean, they're being told what to say, what to do, and they cannot vary very far off of that without consequences. There, um, I think a great example of this that most people would know about is when Kanye West had a breakdown, he was on stage talking about, I didn't hear the, his entire uh, talk, that, what he was saying on this stage, but basically he said that, uh, this was back around the 2016 election, he said that Facebook and Google were lying to everybody and that things are a lie. I remember that. And he's not allowed to say that. When, if Satan has control over kingdoms and influential people in the world, then he has to make sure, just like what they're, what you're saying about them, they can't just say anything they want, right? They can't just go right. out there and talk about certain things because if you're an influential person in the world and you start revealing secrets or if you start bringing up topics that they don't want talked about in the mainstream, well, that becomes a problem, which is why they have to control the celebrities. If you got 
50 million people that are going to listen to what you're saying and you start talking about the gospel or Jesus Christ or the evil that's in the world, okay, well, they have to control that. That's why these people get shut down. That's why Kanye West, all of a sudden, he had to go to the hospital after he said all those things. You know, yeah. if you look into MK Ultra programming, it's it's a lot of what they use to keep these people under control. Yeah, so, I think they basically just had to escort him off the stage, and all of a sudden after that, they said, well, he's crazy or he's sick. He has to be in the hospital. Right. After he went on stage and started saying, hey, you're being watched, you're being controlled, don't believe it, and they shut him down real quick. And most people will just look at that and be like, oh, you know, just another celebrity having a breakdown, you know, and then they just haul him into hospital and get them all reprogrammed. Yeah, he comes back out all drugged up and probably, you know, had his handlers talking to him saying, hey, you know, I mean, you owe a lot of money back if you don't go along with this. And since you don't have the money, I guess we'll probably just have to take your life. So well, you better you better take the money and go do what we say. And who holds this money, right? Most of these guys are running around with the black card, right? You know, the black and the platinum card where they, they just swipe the card and they get the car or the house or whatever. Okay, well, who controls the card? If they start stepping out of bounds, all of a sudden the card gets shut off. They can't access their money anymore. Okay, these people are almost never alone. You always see them with their entourage. They got all the, these huge groups of people around them. They got the bodyguards. Well, they're not free. You're basically looking at a prisoner who's a prisoner of the popular cult. His, their job is to be the famous person, the celebrity. If they ever start stepping outside, of what they're supposed to do, then they get clamped down. Mm -hmm. The money goes away, they get shut up, and they do it under the veil of nervous breakdown or they step away from the spotlight or what have you. Yeah, now, hasn't, I remember, I mean, you mentioned uh, Justin Bieber. Does, doesn't he claim now to be a Christian? But isn't he, he in, is he involved with one of those churches over there that's something so iffy? He went through... The, um, oh, what's that? The Hillsong Church. Hillsong Church, yeah. So he was getting real chummy with one of the pastors of Hillsong. He's not a pastor there anymore. Uh, I forget his name. But this pastor got booted from the church because apparently he was having an affair on his wife. But I don't think he was having an affair. I think he was, I think he's homosexual. I mean, when you see him and Justin Bieber hanging out, I mean, they're all over each other. It's ridiculous. A lot of these guys are homosexual. And a lot of the gossip that goes around Hollywood and these guys, you know, cheating on their girlfriends or their wives or whatever, I, I don't think, I think most of that is just acting. It's all drama. It works on many different levels. First of all, you see a magazine cover. Oh my goodness, Brad Pitt, he's cheating on his wife. Aniston or whatever with uh, the new one. I forget her name. Uh, the, the famous actress. Juliet and Julie, uh, Angelina Jolie. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's it. And so people, they get obsessed with the new situation. Oh, what's Brad and Angelina doing? And then they're reading about that. Well, most of these women and men are homosexual in Hollywood. And these relationships that you read about and all the troubles that they're having, I think uh, most of that is acting. Just like they act in the movies, they do the same thing in real life. And most of these things are promoted to sell magazines, keep people distracted, uh, keep the attention on them. And the, these people are ridiculous attention whores. So they always want more attention. In fact, in some of the research that I've done, 
I've read about Hollywood insiders and some of the people that are inside Hollywood that talk about these celebrities and what they do. And a lot of these celebrities will pay money to these magazines. You know, whenever you see these people getting chased around by the cameras and they're getting all upset, they're, they're being chased by the cameras. They actually pay for those situations to happen. Okay. I'm, I'm not saying every single situation is like that. You know, I'm sure, sure some of these celebrities do get sick of these people that are following them all the time. But some of these scenarios are literally staged. They say, hey, you know, Britney's going to be here or whatever. And then they pretend like they're bothered by the cameras. But these people love that attention. OK, so, again, I'm not saying every situation, but certainly some of these situations are not exactly what they see. And also to keep people distracted, keep watching the celebrity. Look at the ridiculous things that are going on, like when Britney was, you know, trying to hit people with an umbrella. Now, I really think that she was having a breakdown in that situation. But again, it's just to create more drama. Keep people's eyes on those celebrities, keep them away from their Bible and the important things that they should be doing in their life, but always obsessing over the popular cult and the personalities that are presented to you. Yeah. Instead of paying attention to what's uh, going on around us in the world and how America is spiraling down. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I 100% agree with that. 100%. It, it works on many different levels. You know, the, the popular cult is uh, you got j just the kind of like the surface level and then you got the spiritual level and how it's affecting all of us. And it, it's it's quite unfortunate that we live in a world where most people, they know a lot more about a celebrity and what movies they're in and, and what they're doing. Uh, out there actively with entertainment than their Bible or their family members. So, yeah, that's, that's what that TV does for you. It puts out that propaganda and that's all it does. Not only that, it's, it's replacing the family. You know, people are spending much more time with a TV show and the people within that TV show than they are with their real families having conversations, you know, developing relationships with people is being replaced with, a television screen and it's a shame. Yeah. I've said that in the past. I mean, like going out and enjoying yourself in nature, like going out and riding four wheelers or roller skating or anything. It's like, you know, you can watch these sitcoms on TV, iCarly, all these kids things that just, you know, it's like they're doing the living and you're doing the setting. It's like, if you, if you really want to live, don't watch them do the skating. You go out and do the skating. You know, you go out if, and ride the four wheeler, go out and enjoy yourself in the, don't watch them doing it on TV, right. go do it. Such a strange situation we find ourselves in, you know, go back like 500 years and show people what we're doing. They'd be like, what? People are sitting down watching other people do stuff. It's, it's very strange. Pretending to do stuff. They're not even really exactly. doing it. Right. It's like you're now, watching. <laughs> Entertainment has its place. You know, if you make a movie like about Moses or something happening, I mean, it does have its place. I'm not totally against movies. I'm not totally against entertainment or music, but definitely what's being done by the popular cult is destroying people's lives. I think that there are some amazing movies to be made, like King David, his story, any Bible story really would be an amazing movie. And Mel Gibson did an okay job with like The Passion of the Christ. It's got a lot of Catholic stuff in there, but but hey, you know, at least people are seeing it and getting the overall message. But 
you know, stuff like that definitely has its place. But the obsession with entertainment is just uh, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, so you said you uh, you have your own website out for this this stuff now instead yeah. of what was it again? So I've actually got two websites. They're gonna uh, they're pretty similar, but I'm gonna branch them out eventually as time goes on. Uh, but the main website is treadingonserpents.com. That's the channel name that I've created for the presentations that I'll be doing in the future. Then the popularcult.com is also a website and that's going to be totally dedicated to the popular cult series and what I'm doing there. But, um, I'm going to be opening up pathways for other things that I want to talk about. And that, that will be treading on serpents.com. Treading on serpents.com. Yes. Well, that's, that's interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to look into that. I'll post that down in the, in the information down below the podcast as well. In case anybody wants to, you know, go look you up. And, uh, definitely I'll post a link also or, uh, to Dr. Dino. I mean, certainly. that's where I initially saw um, your YouTube videos was from, you know, drdino.com. So right. that was pretty nice. Definitely. It's uh, good working with other Christians, and that way, you know, that's what we're here for. We're the, the Christian army, right? We're supposed to be fighting this spiritual battle, and we need to be doing—we always need to be helping each other out, right? I agree. I sure agree with that. Well, is, is there anything else you— uh, wanted to say or talk about well that's basically the wrap-up uh we have uh, there's a lot more detailed in the series you can get go to kent hoven official to check it out on youtube i've made some rumble i made other accounts on different websites i do believe that uh when i continue the series it will probably be on those other platforms uh youtube i I don't want to have to censor myself for youtube which is what i've done in these previous series i want to be a lot more open and direct about what i'm talking about so that's why I created accounts on other platforms. And if you want to stay updated, again, uh, you can go to thepopularcult.com or treadingonserpents.com where I'll be uh, posting updates on new videos coming out. But, yeah, that's basically it. That's all I, I wanted to discuss. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Can't, yeah. Uh, appreciate the uh, the interview. Yeah, no problem. It uh, means a lot to me that you came on here. I sure do appreciate it. Most certainly. Most certainly. Okay. Well, um, do you want to uh, close with a prayer or anything? Certainly. Yeah, let's close out with a prayer. Dear right. Heavenly Father, thank you for this interview, this this podcast, and our ability to get this information out to the public in ways that are quite incredible. You know, we can sit here at home and put this information out and not have to go knocking on doors. So we appreciate that blessing and and all of the things that you have given us and the tools that we can use to glorify you and lead people to Jesus Christ. Pray that you continue to allow us to get this message out and for your continued blessings and guidance. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, that concludes this podcast. That was with Damien down from Dinosaur Adventureland. And like he said, you can reach him at treadingontheserpent.com and thepopularcult.com. So if you want to check those out, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to talk to you about it. Thank you so much for listening to McKill's Death Chronicles, and please come back and stay tuned for another episode.